And we offer it to him freely. We offer him our, the sacrifice of our praise because he's been what? Good to us. Good, good, better than good, somebody say. Somebody say, gooder than good. Amen. The Lord has been good to us. How many know the Lord has been good? The Lord is our refuge. That's the title today. We're going to be looking in the, the 91st Psalm, and we're going to get ready for a, a session in the book of Psalms starting on Thursday night. Get ready for this coming. Amen. Let's do this. Let's pray first. Then you can be seated. And then we get started. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, this afternoon, we're just thankful. Lord, you've been good to us. Lord, you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. We thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and are glad in it. We're thankful for your people. We're thankful, Father, for the many blessings that you've given to us. You started us this morning in our right minds when you woke us up. We're thankful, Father, that sun rose in the east once again to show us, God, that you're yet in control. You're our faithful creator, our sustainer. We're thankful, Father, we got up and we had use of our limbs. Lord, we had breath in our lungs. Lord, we had blood flowing through our veins. We thank you today, God, because it didn't have to be so. We woke up, but somebody didn't wake up today. Somebody, they woke up in a place they thought they'd never find themselves. And others woke up in your very presence. And so for them, we thank you, God. We thank you for our homes, our families. We thank you, Lord, for how you blessed us, how you've kept us. We're thankful, Father, you brought us through another week. We assumed we'd be here today, but God, it didn't have to be that way. But here we are today, and God has ordained. Those that are here are not by accident. Those that are listening, it's not an accident. God, we're thankful there's a purpose and a plan. And we thank you today, God. You know what you're doing in our lives. The stuff we're going through, you know all about it. And you know that all things work together for good. To them that love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, we're thankful to be a part of your plan. And Lord, help us to make our will line up with your will today. Your will be done in this place. Bless your word as it goes forth this afternoon in the hearts of your people and the ears of the hearer. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Praise God. This is a good lesson. Psalm 91. And I say that not because everybody, most people know this psalm. You at least know the first two verses. Huh? You you know the first two verses. He that dwelleth, say it with me. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Right? I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress. In him do I put my trust. We we know those two verses. We we know a little bit about that chapter, about that, you know, chapter, you know, Psalm 91 is very popular. But we're going to get a little bit deeper into it because there's a lot going on here. Because this psalm is not just about being in in the shelter. It's about being in the shelter for a reason. You're in the, you need to be in the shelter because troubled times are ahead. We are in the midst of a move. We're in the midst of change. We feel like this is the end times, the way things are going around the world, right? 
seem like time is running out. We're coming to that end place. But it's only on the, we're on our way somewhere. And time is taking us somewhere. We don't know when it's going to happen. But let's look at this psalm. <clears throat> this is not our David psalm. This is not written by David. This is an unknown author. But it gives us three things. It tells us that we need to prepare for the attack that is impending. Because any time there's a move of God, there's going to be opposition. Even as we get ready to move from this location to the next location, prepare for opposition. And we know we don't see any, there's no reason. Everything looks good. Everything's falling into place. But even, it, you know, somebody said, either you're getting ready to go into a crisis, you're in the middle of a crisis right now, or you just got out of a crisis. But we're all not far from a crisis. Amen. Am I right? So we need to prepare for the attacks of the enemy. The second thing I want to show you that this thing is telling us is that he is, this writer is informing us that this attack is on us, it's impending, but there is shelter that's available. And the reason I say it's available is because you have to make a choice. We're going to see that to accept this shelter. You have to decide that you want this shelter. You have to make a decision yourself that you want to find yourself in a place of protection when the, when the, the attack comes. And then the third, the third thing is that place of refuge is in the Lord. Amen? So why make the Lord your refuge? Why should I? I'm going to say it another way. Why should I make, why should I want to be near the Lord? Why? Because, I mean, why did I ask the question? Because there's a whole lot of options. There's a whole lot of things you can be doing, and a lot of people are doing that. They're doing everything else but looking for the Lord. But I want to give you three reasons why I believe that it's a good idea to make the Lord your refuge. And the first, my first answer comes from the first two verses, the verses we just kind of looked at, Psalm 91 and verse, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading New Living. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of these two verses as, rest, as well as the rest of what we're going to be reading. <clears throat> but in those two verses, we saw four different names of God. You know how we read over stuff? We just read it, and we don't slow down. I tell people, slow down. This is the word of God. You're not reading a history book here. You're not reading a science book or a math book where you're trying to get, get the equations right. This is the word of Almighty God. And he says, the, so, so the first word that call, talks about God, he calls himself most high. That word most high is the Hebrew word el elion. That means it, he is the supreme authority God. So our God is the supreme authority. There is a lot of authority figures. If you, like, like Lauren has an authority. She has her coach. That's an authority figure. We all have an authority figure. 
that we are accustomed to and acquainted with. But of all authority figures, God is the authority. He's the absolute authority. And then the second word for God was almighty. That word is El Shaddai. You've heard that word before, haven't you? El Shaddai is, means he has absolute power. Do you know what absolute power means? Do you know what power means? Anybody electrician here in the house? There's one right there. Electricity is powerful. It, lightning, when you see lightning in the distance, go, be glad it's in the distance. Because if it hits you, it's probably not, you're probably not going to survive it. Some people have survived it. But I'm just showing you a little bit of power. But God has ultimate power. So he's El Shaddai, he has ultimate power. He's the most high God, he has authority. So he has authority and he has power. But what else does he have? The third word for God is the Lord. That word for God is the word we're all familiar with is Jehovah. Well, why is Jehovah uh, 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 the name? Of, why is that important? Because that's his relational name. That's the name where we get Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Jireh, uh, uh, what are the other? Jehovah Sidkenu. Uh, you know, all these different names of Jehovah because he's relating to us. All he said, because when he, when Moses asked him, when I go down to the people, who should I say sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. I am that I am because he is what we need when we need him. So every idea of God relationally comes from Jehovah. So that's the, because God is a relational God. God wants relationship with us. Isn't that why we're here today? Because we want to be close to the Lord. And the fourth name for God was what? God. The word God. That's the word Elohim. What do you, what do you remember that from? The first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God. That's the creator God. So this God in these two verses in four different, he's the authority. He has all power. He's relational. And he's our creator. What more do I need? This is why I decide that I want to make the Lord my refuge. When trouble comes, I think I'll be safe with him, don't you? That's what I'm thinking. So, so the second reason that I believe I think the Lord should be my refuge is found in the next six verses, verses 3 through 10. And I'm going to read those for you real quick. And what it says, I'm going to isolate and tell you what it says. It says in these next six verses that the day of trouble is coming. And I know we have felt the day of trouble the last few years with this COVID virus. And now we're not, we're not in the COVID season anymore. We're no longer in the pandemic season, but we're now in an inflation season. Anybody bought gas this week? Any, how much is a gallon of milk now? I don't, I don't even know because don't, we don't drink milk, but, but you know, we drink, uh, what, almond milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much is, you know what, how much is meat? So, we, so we, we come out of one crisis just to go into another crisis. So the time, the day of trouble is coming, and he says in these six verses, the day of trouble is coming, and the wicked shall be punished. But he also says those that know the Lord will be saved. Amen. 
So that's the part. We like that part, right? Amen. We like that part. But when we read these six verses, there's, there's some things that are happening to the wicked. Verse 1 says that, that deadly disease is coming upon them. Verse 4, or verse 5 says that there's terrors in the nighttime. Now, when you see night or day, don't just think of the time of the day. Because there are night seasons in life. There are dark times in life. So sometimes it means time of light. Means you might be going through. Just when I had I had the COVID, Pastor, and you know, they came and prayed for me in front of my house because I had the original COVID. Yes. I'm talking about a time when I did not know I was going to survive. I mean, I literally felt like the, that my whole life was sapping out of my body, and they were praying for me. That was a dark time. That was a night season for me. <coughs> Sorry. Now, where am I? Okay. Verse. Okay, verse six, yeah. So diseases that stalk. You ever heard of a disease stalking? This disease that stalks in the darkness. Verse six. Disasters that stalk in the midday. Disaster in the midday. Why bring up midday? Think about who, how many of you still work. Go to work every, every day. Okay, if, if you work days, you, you know, you work an eight-hour shift, the middle of the day is what? Lunchtime. So when you get to lunchtime, break time, you're thinking, okay, I'm half done with this. I only got a half more to go. I'm over the hump. I, I can make it from here. But when disaster hits you right in the middle of that, that ain't no fun. But this is, the, this is what's going to happen to the wicked. Dying all around. Now, when you read these verses, it reminds you of war. A thousand will die, will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand, but they will not come near me. So all of this is happening to the weak. And not only that, but we that, are, that know the Lord, it says in verse 8, you get to see the destruction of the wicked. That is no fun. Not, I mean, we're not going to be sitting up there clapping. It's going to be a sorrowful time. So in that, so the wicked shall be punished, but the, the, those that know the Lord will be saved. Verse 3 says, he will rescue you. It said in verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers. It said, he will shelter you. So in the midst of all the trouble, we have a shelter. We have protection. He says, these evils will not touch you. Isn't that a blessing? Doesn't that make you feel good? Amen. Now, there is a caveat in verse 9. See, all these things apply. So you, what we're looking at is two different groups. One group is going through suffering because of what? Wickedness. Then you have the other group, those that God is going to save. But there is a caveat in verse 9. Read verse 9. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge. It says, if you make the most high your shelter. The caveat is what? Choice. See, the first two verses, there was a caveat, and that was what? Trust. Remember we read that, that, that those first two verses. It says, uh, he is my God, and I trust in him. That's the caveat in those first two verses. The second caveat is right here. Choice. You have to make him your refuge. 
You have to make the most high your shelter. In other words, what? You don't have to choose him if you don't want to. You can elect to say, no, I'm good. I'm going to make it because I got, my, I got what I need. I got my money in the bank. I got what I need. I got my car. The car I've been always wanting, I got it. I live on the hill. What do I need God for? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's a fool. So my second answer was what? Because the Lord will protect me when the time of trouble comes. My first reason was what? Who God is. God is all that, man. The second was because he's going to protect me in the time of trouble. Why should I make the Lord my refuge? My third reason comes in the last three verses, which is 14 through 16. And in summary, what it says is that the Lord is going to bless me. That's a good reason to want him to be my, my shelter. He's going to bless me. We're going to see the five blessings we're going to see in these next, five, next three verses, 14 through 16. I'm going to read it for you because it's very, very good to read. Let me read it. Verse 14 says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Isn't that something? Hallelujah. That's a whole lot of blessing. But what you notice as you slow down and you read this, he says something very interesting. He says, I will six times. You know, when God says anything, you need to take notice. Don't you know that? You heard that. Remember that commercial years ago when E.F. Hutton speaks? It gets silent. People listen, right? Well, when God speaks, you need to listen. Because what? He's God. He's, a, he's authority God. He's powerful God. He's relational God. And he's creator God. You need to listen. Now, that's one time. But when he says something seven, seven, six times, you need to listen intently. What is he saying? Because this is my will. This is my will for you. He emphasizes his will for us is that we be blessed. Let's see what he blesses us with, though. And again, remember we had two caveats. The first caveat was what? To trust the Lord. The second caveat was to choose to be for him to be your, 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 your shelter. Now, there's another caveat we just read in this one. It says, I will rescue those who love me. All right. yeah. so, the, so this is not for everybody. Do you love the Lord today? Yeah. That's the question. If you love the Lord, because why is it important to love the Lord? This first commandment says, remember what Jesus said? They asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says to them, what? Love the Lord thy God with all. With all. Wait a minute. You know, we can sit up in church and say, yeah, I love the Lord. Okay. Let's Here's the test. You, the, the one you love the most is the one your mind is focused on the most. How many know that I, I, when I get up in the morning, you know, what do you focus on in the morning? What is your mind on when you get up? <laughs> Sometimes it's TV show. 
just, you know, football fans, sun, Sunday morning, football fans. We got, we got the Rams. Rams just won. I couldn't believe the Rams won. The Lambs. <laughs> this coach is phenomenal, though. I'm telling you. They, 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 they did something with that team. But, and I, I say that because I know fanatics. We call them fans. They're fanatics. How many of you can say that you are a fanatic for Jesus? Because that's what, that's your God. Whatever you're fanatical about is your God. That's just the reality. If it's your, if it's your sports team, you're fanatic for that. That's your, whatever, whatever you think about the most, that's where you have, that's what you have put on the pedestal. That's what you have put in the position of God. That, that is why God put that, that, that commandment first. Because you know what? You can't do the other nine without doing the one. You can't do the other nine. If you, if you don't put the Lord first, the other nine, you might as well throw them in the trash. Because you're not going to be able to keep them. And you can't do the first one without God. Isn't that something? God is the only one that can give you what you need to do what he wants you to do. God has to give you his spirit. The spirit of God abiding in you, living in you, living through you is the only way you can love God. And if you could say today, I don't know about it. I didn't know that and I don't think I'm there. Well, guess what? You need to, you need the Lord. You have to call on him. We're going to see how we can call on him in just a minute. So in those verses, we saw, he says, I will rescue you. He says, I will protect you. He says, I will answer you. What does he mean by answer? Answer what? Prayer. Your prayers. When you pray, he says, I'll answer. Yeah. Why? Because you love me. And he's already proved that he loves us. Right. But it's up, it's up to us to let him know that we love him back. He says, I will be with him in trouble. Oh, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, my God, trouble follows you everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's trouble. You ever seen that commercial with this little dog? And the, the, the commercial is about insurance, I think. And the little dog has a bone. And he takes that bone. He's going around to find a place to bury that bone. And it said, trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> his trouble is somebody might try to get his bone, you know. Trouble everywhere. He says, now, here's the part I want to get to. He says, I will rescue and honor them. Oh, my God. He's going to honor me? Why would he honor me? I think the psalmist said, what? Who is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit? Me? So, the two caveats, we saw two caveats in this, and one of them was the same as the one in verse 2, but it said, this applies to only to those that love him and trust him. He says, I will protect you. I will rescue you. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. His power, 1 Peter 3 and 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. 
in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. This is where I want to be when trouble comes. And trouble's coming. It's coming. Don't worry about it. Don't get excited about it. It's coming. But don't ignore the fact that it's coming. We can, we can put our heads in the sand like an ostrich and think that nothing's going on around us. But I'm telling you something. It's coming. He's our provider. He says, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Zephaniah 3.17. This is one of my favorite verses. I will reward them with long life. It says, or actually it says, he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. That, that idea of joyful songs is dancing. Can you imagine the God of the universe dancing over you? I can more imagine Jesus, okay? When I get to heaven, I'm probably going to say, let me see Jesus. And, you know, let's see him shake, you know. Y'all don't know what I'm laughing at because I'm thinking about me. I ain't thinking about you. I know what you're thinking about. But I'm thinking about me. Him dancing over me. You don't know me. Why should I make the Lord my refuge? Why do I want to be near God? He's had, because what? Of who he is. He's all, he has all authority. He has all power. He's, my, he's close to me. He's a friend that sticks closer to me than a brother. He's a God of covenant. You know what a covenant is? Anybody here either married or been married? I got my ring right here because I'm married. I'm married. That's her right there. I'm married. I'm married. I'm staying married too. For as long as I'm alive, I'm staying married. Because that's covenant. That's covenant. When, you have, when you're covered with somebody, you're close to them. You're close to them. You stick to them. You had, that, that, that word believe is, is adhere to. It, it also means what? Uh, commit to. Rely on and trust in. He's our, he's our covenant God. And he's the God of all creation. Why should I make him my refuge? Because he's going to protect me in the time of trouble. Why am I, why do I want to make him my refuge and want to be near him? Because he's going to bless me with power and protection, provision, and his presence, and with his favor. And I'm going to wrap this up and ask you a question. In the day of trouble, where will you go? Where are you going to hide? Where can we hide when trouble comes? Think back when the last time you had trouble. What did you do? Who did you turn to? I like what, what uh, 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 what's her name right there? Christy said. I don't know why I want to call it. This is what happens when you know get a certain age, you, you, you know, because I wanted to say Crystal. I said, "Name ain't Crystal. It's Christy." Christy said something a few weeks ago. She's talking about when, when, every, when everything goes crazy, 
or how do you put it? Chris, I can't remember how you put it. But I, what I, I thought about it like this. I said, when your life has gone haywire and every street you turn down looks like the intersection of Crazy Boulevard and Loco Avenue, you need to seek shelter. Take refuge in the Lord. Jeremiah 29 and 12 and 13. We are accustomed to 29 and 11. 29, 12, and 13 says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look to me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And Psalm 46, 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and strength. A present help in a time of trouble. <coughs> but verse 2 says something. It says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come, when mountains crumble into the sea. That's some scary looking stuff. To see that in real life, you see so you look, look, I, I see the mountains every day, and y'all probably do. Right out my window, I see the mountains. Can you imagine the mountains all of a sudden crumbling? But he says, we will not fear. That's saying something, and I'm telling you, that's supernatural. That can't be me. Because I see something like that, I'm like, whoa! So I know that if that, if that would have happened, that it would have to be God right there with me, and he would have to speak loud to me so I know he's there. But that's what our God is. Our God wants to make sure we know he's right there with us in trouble. So are we prepared for that day of trouble to come? And I like what, 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 what one song says, there's still room at the cross. This song says, uh, this, the place is always open. It's never too late. There's always a, a seat at the table. So what? Come in. God is inviting us in. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Because trouble is coming, and when trouble is coming, you want to be in a place of safety. We want to be in a place where we know that that enemy and the things that are that everybody else has been attacked with, we are not touched by it. We're protected from it. That's what God says he's going to do for us. He's going to rescue us. He's going to protect us. He's going to keep us. in the. He says, I'm going to hide you under my wings. You know how big God's wings are? If he had wings, you know how big they would, have, they would be. And you, I think there's plenty of safety yeah. under the wings of the Lord. Yeah. Ooh, I'm glad for, the, for Jesus. I'm, I'm done. God bless you. Yeah. 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 Yeah.